ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Why God Podcast. <laughs> every time. Every time, sorry. I'm Josiah. I'm Isaac Moore. Hey, how's it going? And welcome back to the... No, <laughs> <laughs> Why God Podcast. Hey. Okay, I'm just joking. Round two. How, how's your week been? <laughs> it's been a busy week. It has. We've done a been. lot of stuff. For real. Um, tournaments, how jujitsu. Come on. Tournaments, movies. We watched the Hunger Games movie. We have good movie. Um Thanksgiving coming up, Black Friday, our friend's birthday, beach days. We have a lot. Life is grand. It's booming, but it's good. It's booming. Tiring, but <laughs> Yeah, don't it's be fooled, right. Josiah only said the fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot. But it's good. But we're focusing on the thankfulness today. You're right. Right? I'm happy. Yeah. Good times and bad times, though. I'm stoked. I enjoy the hard times. Well, actually, I don't enjoy them. But as we begin to talk about thankfulness today, I, you know, you look back at things and you do become thankful for them sometimes. Even the hard moments. Um, more philosophy than it is Bible. But I, okay. I always love the parts of thankfulness where, like, in the moment, it's like, oh, God, you're so cruel. Why, God? Why, God? Why? And then a year later, it's like, thank you, Jesus, that that didn't work out. Thank you, Jesus, that I didn't get that thing. Yes. Because your way is so much better. And if I went down that route, I would have been a terrible person and living in misery. (laughs) You know what this reminds me of? Have, do you listen to country music? Sometimes, yeah. You know yeah. Tim McGraw? Yeah. I don't know if it's Tim McGraw. He's got a song called I Thank God for the Unanswered Prayers. Yeah. You know that song? No. Okay. I know He's what like, that means. I thank God for the unanswered prayers. Okay. But he basically, I dude, okay, I love that song. But basically in the song, he's like, he goes to a football game at his old hometown or something like that with it's like a high school football game and he sees like the girl that, that mm-hmm. he had a crush on in high school and he said he remembers like praying for her all the time. He's like, God, let me get this girl. And then he looks over at his wife <laughs> and I know it's a lot deeper than this, but he looks over at his wife and he's like, wow, thank God for the unanswered prayers. Cause like, he was always like, man, I really want this girl so bad. And he was praying and praying for her. And then, well, I guess God was like, no. And then, Eventually, he had his wife. I don't know. It sounds so stupid. But when you listen to the song, it's like so deep, so moving. But it's all, it's all, it's all an instrumental, anyways. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, man. Sometimes you really think you really want, you really think you want something, and then God doesn't give it to you, and you're all bummed. And then he gets something. Not that God's just a giver of whatever we want, but. Mm. His plans are bigger is where I, what I'm trying to get at already. <laughs> Amen. So on the theme of Thanksgiving and thankfulness, <laughs> kind of want to break it in a little bit lighter. And one question I have for you, Isaac, is what's something that you're thankful for? But the rule is it can't be anything <laughs> like deep, like family or shelter <laughs> or like life. 
but something that is underappreciated or something that nobody thinks of. Mm. But if it was gone or if that thing is messed up one day, your day is ruined. Day ruined? Maybe. Oh, or, man. Or inconvenienced. Inconvenienced? <laughs> What's the convenience, thankfulness? Mm, what is the convenient thing? The overlooked convenient thing. Right. I gotta say, man, I don't have one anymore. And that's why I'm at an inconvenience. <laughs> but, and look at me, just so, so first world problem with tongue scrapers, man. I haven't had one mm. for like two years, but I wake up in the morning. I'm not even that big of a hygiene guy, but my least favorite thing about myself is bad breath. <laughs> not my least favorite thing, but dude, I hate having bad breath. And the thing is, I just scrub my tongue when I brush my teeth. And this is such a shallow thing, but I really mean it. Like, it affects the way, if I have bad breath, or I think I do at least, I am so insecure when I talk to people or I like, just like close my teeth and talk with my teeth together. Yeah. Cause I'm scared of <laughs> scaring them away. And it's so stupid. But on another one, I have one more because that one's like, eh, that one's a little thing, but it really, it really, I think about it. The first thing when I wake up in the morning should be God, but it's about how stinky my breath is. Mm. And I'm like, Oh, I should really pray when I wake up. But literally, <laughs> Sometimes I don't pray because I don't want to smell my own breath in the morning. <laughs> I'm not even joking. So I'm like, ah, oh, sorry, God. I got to brush my teeth first. Let it go clean. But not about what we put in our mouth that makes us clean. Amen. It's about what comes out. It's about what comes out. <laughs> but another thing, and I guess it's not an inconvenience. It will. Uh, let me just get down to it. I wanted to say food. When I think about thankfulness, it's food. Because there's mm. just something so special about food, you know. <laughs> I just like just fuels me, man. It just yeah. gets me going. <laughs> some good old soup. Some good old soup. Mmm, some grilled cheese sandwich. You know how we do some ramen, but <laughs> ramen. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. What really makes me excited, and I think it's overlooked, is the dinner table. Mm. I love me a dinner table. That's a little. Wait, you're not getting deep, are you? I I don't want to, but <laughs> I can go. You know, it's nice because you can use yes. the dinner table at any time of day. Put stuff on it. Those are nice. And man, the only thing better than having food is having food with people you love. Yes. And what better than a big dinner table to sit around, break some bread, enjoy the community. Just get to eat. <laughs> but that's something I'm mm. I'm really thankful for dinner tables, especially when we get on the topic of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's mm. fun. But the fellowship too and the getting to see all the people you're thankful for and have impacted you. I know I'm getting deep, but love me a dinner table. Love me a good mm. I gotta say I, I do love me a good dinner table. And you know what's so funny is that two years ago. My my family got a brand new dinner table. Mm. It was a surprise for my mom's birthday, and it came in like it was either a birthday or for Christmas, and it came in a couple months later. And so we put it together, and we have the dinner table in the middle of our living room. Mm. But I think we've only ate on it like once, what? and and now it's a storage. Now now it's used for storage because <laughs> oh. we eat dinner downstairs or 
we eat dinner like around like sitting in a circle on the couch <laughs> and i think within the first couple of months um we're doing like someone was doing arts and crafts on it and like there is some some of the super glue i got on top oh, no. and now the table is stained with like super glue and a bunch of arts and crafts stuff and <laughs> uh, we do a lot of yard work and we do a lot of like house projects around the house and we also use that table to put tools on as well <laughs> so we use it for anything besides um actually Dinner. eating <laughs> I, I study on i study on it too sometimes hey but that's what makes it even better yeah it's got a life. Multi-use. It's not just a dinner table. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> it's the, the serving table. It's a workbench. It's a study table. No, it's a crab. I think for me, it's funny that you said tongue scraper because one of mine is on the line of brushing your teeth. I am thankful for spare toothbrushes mm. because this week, I was it this morning? I would say it's, it was this morning, and I wake up at 4.30 because I have to drop off my mom at work because she's letting me use her car to drive to work because mine broke down. Thank God. Sad story. Thank <laughs> God, though. But so I'm going to brush my teeth, and you know when, like, your toothbrush is not in the same spot where you put it the last time? <laughs> or, like, it's, like, a little bit moved around? It wasn't. It wasn't even in the toothbrush holder. It was laying down behind of the faucet. Oh. And you know when you feel your toothbrush, like why you say wet? <laughs> DJ was going in. <laughs> like what? that only means that someone had to use it. And I know when someone else has used my toothbrush because I can taste it. Ew! ew. <laughs> it's a different taste. Like, oh, this this doesn't taste good at all. But I didn't have any other toothbrushes around this morning. How many times? How many times have you experienced this? Probably like the... maybe like five times. Oh. And I think some of those were my grandma's. <laughs> Shout out, grandma. Love you, grandma. But a spare toothbrush goes a long way, especially when you're uncertain on who is using it. Or sometimes oh. you use oh, um, when you're trying to clean something like your shoes <laughs> and you go to the bathroom to look for like one of the toothbrushes that haven't been used in months. Uh-huh. And then, and then, like, uh-huh. <laughs> then someone uses it and it's like, where did my toothbrush? <laughs> hey. Wow, Josiah. <laughs> you, you might just need to hide your toothbrush somewhere. <laughs> it's not safe. It's not safe, no. But something else toothbrushes, huh? that I really appreciate, and it's in my car, and I'm not sure if a lot of other cars have this, but I have a little car. We call it the blue, the blue tin can because it's super tiny, and on the right side, there's a big dent from a car crash. <laughs> but on the right-hand side of the driver's seat is a little armrest. And like I never noticed it until like I drove inside like another car that didn't have it. But I love having this armrest on the side because I can I can lean back, I can rest my arm on it, and I could drive without having to feel 
like tiredness in my arm. <laughs> like, I, it makes me sound super weak. But at 4.30 in the morning, but it's understandable. You can feel it in your arm when you have to like hold it for a whole hour. Mm. So I appreciate me a good arm rest. Gotta love those arm rests. <laughs> so thankfulness, huh? Mm. Where we're getting at today? Then I got a question for you. Mm. I don't know. What? Why? Okay. Why God? Why is it so important as Christians to be thankful? I think it's important to be thankful because it takes all the focus off of yourself. Ooh. And when you're like, oh, thank you, God, for doing this. Or thank you, God, for my family, for the food I eat. Thank you for everything around me. Then you start to appreciate God even more. Because there are people in the world that don't have those things. They don't have a family. They, they don't have um, food. They don't have a shelter. They, they, they don't, yeah, they don't have a toothbrush. They don't even have freedom. Dang. And we get to sit down around the table with, the people we care about and say what we're thankful for. Mm. Like that's way more than other people. And when you do that, you start to like appreciate the things you have. And it's like, I only have those things because God allowed me to have those things because he blessed me with those things. Mm. And a lot of those, these things, it's not because of anything I've done or my work. Like maybe I can say I'm thankful for like this house because I have a good job, Mm. but the only reason that I have a good job is because God allowed me to walk into that path. So God showed me the steps. Because like even, you know, let's say I'm not a Christian and I have a good job. Like, God still allowed me down that path to provide for the people I care about. You know, it's always God in control. And, like, all good things come from God. Like, mm-hmm. oh, what's that verse? Like, I think that's oh, it right there. All, all good things work together work together oh, for the oh. glory of God. Romans. Well, all, wait, Romans 8, I think, says, God works all things together for the good of those who love him or something. But there is another verse that's like, all things work for the glory of God. Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Come on. I mean, but I know I know what you're talking about, because there's another verse that's like... <laughs> something for the glory of God. Regardless, I don't think you're being a heretic right now. I thought that was pretty good. Because it's pretty evident even throughout the whole entirety of the Bible that we see that a lot of things, if not all things, happen for the glory of God eventually. Well, even like mm-hmm. even in the some of the bad things we consider mm-hmm. is good to God. You know, it's not just a good thing when we're happy. But it's a good thing when it's drawing us closer to God, even through the pain and suffering. Yeah. And that's why it's crazy, because the thing about being a Christian is you are on God's team, on God's side. Right? I think that, I think, like, not to make it a black and white thing, 
But he's like, you can, you can, you can either serve the way the way that I see it laid out in scripture is, you're either serving the world, and yourself, or you're serving God. And the thing is, when you're serving God, it's gonna, it's gonna be great. I mean, it might not look great. It might not feel great at certain moments, and times, and things will go, not the way that you want it. Quote, I'm doing air quotations with my fingers. Not the way that you want it. Maybe it might not look. Maybe good to you might not look like good to God. Basically, is what. How much greater are His ways than what we can understand? And that's why, like, I was talking about Job the other day mm-hmm. to a few of the middle school students, and they were like, and I was just trying to say, like, like Job. Basically, all this bad stuff happened to him, and when he was like, "Why God?" God wasn't like, oh, it was because I made a bet with the adversary. It was because I made a bet to show how righteous you were. God's answer was, were you there when I created the world? Were you there when I labeled the stars and put them all in their place? And, like, it's basically a big, like, do you know better than I know? And yet God still cares about. I mean, God still works good for those who love him. And it's like Job didn't ever turn away from God and all his friends were like, oh, you're probably sinning. You're probably doing a bad thing. But God was like, hey, like, you don't know better than me. Like, you don't know that even in all these bad moments, I'm still a good God. And that's one of the biggest arguments I hear against God is like, how could a loving God blank? I feel like I say this every week. I get on mm. this high horse every week. How could a loving God blank? <laughs> but when we were talking about, when you were first starting, talking about thankfulness and how I don't know what you're saying exactly, but I got the idea of like, mm-hmm. um, like if comparison is the thief of all joy and it takes away your joy, then thankfulness is kind of like, is kind of like the mm. restorer of, yes. you know where I'm trying to get at this? Like it's the, what's the opposite of It's thief. the opposite. It's the restorer. It's the, the redeemer, giver. The, the giver, the provider, like. Basically, we live our life and we think like, oh my gosh, like, I need this, I need this, especially here in America, or just our 2023 mentality is like, we're always searching for what's the next, what's the next thing? What's the next upgrade? Like, like, I got to upgrade my phone. I got to get a better car. I got to do these things. That's me personally. My journey right now is looking for a better car. But the thing is, the car I have. I mean, maybe not your car. <laughs> not my car. <laughs> but the car I have still can get me from point A to point B. I just want something that's maybe a little more legal or just <laughs> a little bit, runs a little bit better. But the thing is. Off at the glory. It still works. And that's the thing is like, like with when God says like, oh, I'm going to provide and I'm going to get you from here to there. Like, it doesn't always mean he's going to get you there in first class. Or it doesn't mm-hmm. mean he's going to get you from point A to point B in first class. Like, you might just barely scrape by. You might get swallowed <laughs> yeah. by a fish or I was just thinking about that. No way. <laughs> but, like, you know, what I'm saying is the thing is, like, like, with God, it's still something to be thankful for, whether you scraped by by the skin of your teeth or whether you passed through with flying colors. Like, mm. because God is still the one that's totally in control. And like the fact that he has has things set up for us or whatever it might be, I don't know. It's just crazy to think like even on the topic of like tithing and stuff. It's like, oh, I want to hold on to my ten percent because maybe I might need it. But it's like, 
But if everything belongs to God, then how are we not thankful for 100% to the point where we'd be mm-hmm. willing to give it away if he asked? So I don't know. But thankfulness, and I saw a quote. I have no idea where it's from, but it was something it was something along the lines of like, gratitude makes makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> True. But yes, like gratitude makes, it was like, I forget what the wordplay was, but it's something like gratitude makes what's not enough enough kind mm-hmm. of thing like yeah. you might think you don't have enough you might think you don't have this but with your thankfulness it becomes enough and you're like but my thankfulness won't pay the water bill and it's like yes maybe true but, but it also, might if you're thankful if you're thankful that you just made it to today you might just make it to tomorrow being thankful i mean like you know you could have everything taken away from you but like maybe your gratitude is maybe your gratitude is more to God than, you know, I don't even know where I'm getting at this because it sounds a little, I sound like I'm tearing the line, but like I think, you know, in Acts when Stephen dies, he gets mm-hmm. stoned to death, they kill him, and he's like smiling and he sees, he sees Jesus sitting yeah. next to God. I think he was so grateful in a sense, in a yes. moment, because he knew. Like, a normal person wouldn't be like, oh, I'm thankful to die. But if you're a Christian and you're living your life to a point where to live is Christ and to die is gain, mm-hmm. then you're thankful no matter what. And that's the thing. is like, like, my life's not good. It's like, bro, you got a life. Thank God. Or it's like, oh, blah, blah. And I know I sound so like, what do I know, 22-year-old boy with no real deep struggles? I've never been in poverty before, anything like that. But still, I feel like gratitude and, and your thankfulness really changes your whole attitude. Because there's people who have everything. Oh, no, I said this for sure last week's message or last week's podcast. But, you know, you see the rich people that commit suicide. And it's like, what? Why would they commit suicide? Do they not have enough? Do they not? Have enough, and I don't know, I can't speak on behalf of anybody whether gratitude is their problem. But you can see a poor person in, a, in like a village and you see big smiles on their face, and it's like, well, how? You don't even have, you don't even know where you're getting your food, your next meal from, kind of thing. Mm. And like, you see, like, how we're talking about like the lady from China who has to do all this underground stuff and had all these problems in her life growing up. It's like, how are you still grateful? After everything, like you don't, you don't need to be, you don't have to be, but like, your gratitude can restore your joy. Mm. Where the comparison, yeah, and I think, as I was just like thinking, is that thankfulness is a form of worship. Mm. You know, it's a form of praise because when. When you're telling God, oh, thank you, thank you for the food, thank you for the air that I breathe, what, like, what you're really saying is, God, thank you for being a provider, mm. thank you for creating me and, like, making me fearfully, like, um, your works are fearful and wonderful, thank you, you know, I am fearful and wonderful. What you're really saying when you say thank you is that, Jaira. Jaira, God, you are a good creator. And God, you are a good master. You are a good everything. You're a good father. Mm. 
And when you're thankful, you're worshiping God. And when you put, when you worship God, you're putting Him at the center. Mm. And that's kind of, we'll go into our other question about what does it look like to put God first? And a part of that is gratitude. Mm -hmm. But yeah, thankfulness just centers our hearts around God instead of ourselves and what we can do. And going kind of going back to the suffering is where like uh, many of those martyrs that were crucified, I believe a lot of them or all of them was like, oh, I'm honored to be able to put to lay my life down for the sake of Jesus Christ. Like God, thank you for picking me. Thank you for like giving me these um, trials. Thank, thankful. Thank you for the suffering. And I'm not sure if this verse exactly relates. I think it does. Romans five three through five. It says, "Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope." And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given mm. to us. So even through the suffering, even through the heartache of being a Christian sometimes, through that we can produce perseverance and character and hope. And that hope which is through and is Jesus Christ. Yes. So even the suffering points back to God, which is something that we sh should and we have to be thankful for. Mm. And it carries through. It like, like even what you're saying is, oh my gosh, sorry. In, in our suffering, what are you so focused on? Like in your suffering, you have the choice to be super focused on all the bad things, all the suffering, or you can do like, 90% of the Psalms and praise before my breakthrough. <laughs> you, know, you, you can, <laughs> sorry, you can, but you can thank God that, oh yeah, like I, even though I don't have, even though I don't have the, um, the freedom right now, I have the hope of the freedom and the, the hope of the glory and all that stuff because Jesus died on the cross. So initially it comes back to, Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. You know, it's such it's yeah. such a simple prayer, but like you don't have to say thank you to be thankful or grateful. Like, but when you live your life and you conduct your life focused on the th the works of Jesus rather than the suffering that you're in, you almost seem to make it through more of your suffering because you have your eyes fixed mm. on the thing, the greater things. And it's like I I saw this study that was like a rat gets put in a bucket of water. Yeah. You heard about this? I've seen a lot of rat videos. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Catching them. Catching them. It was like a, so they put a rat in a bucket. Six, nine. <laughs> they put a rat in a bucket and it couldn't swim. So they filled the bucket up with, or it could only swim for so long. They filled it up with water. The rat for 30 minutes is trying to climb up out of the thing. It gives up, dies in the water. After only like 30 minutes, right? Dang. <laughs> then they did this thing where they put another rat. I don't know how um, ethical or morally right this is, but, <laughs> but hey, I didn't do it, so don't get mad at me. But then PETA. the other thing, yeah, PETA, don't contact us. 
But the other thing was they put another rat in a bucket and right before it drowned, they took it out of the bucket, put it on dry land, gave it some food, and then put it back into the bucket. And it lasted for guess how long? Two hours? Like six. Six hours? Instead of, of 30 minutes. Water? But six, because I think it was this thing, it had a, <laughs> I mean, it sounds so horrible, but it gives us the understanding of what hope can do for Wait, you. It still died? <laughs> I think they let it die. Oh. I don't, or maybe it was an analogy or something, yeah. but I heard somebody was talking to me about this, or I read it somewhere. I don't know, I just have these random things, and I'm, I promise I'm not making it Sorry. up. Somebody look it up. Sorry, going back. <laughs> somebody look it up, please. I, I'm not just making this up, but it's this thing that's like, it's like, what can... What can hope really do for you is that it can help you persevere. It mm -hmm. can help you see it through to the end. And I mean, it's so silly for me to connect it to an, an, an analogy or story like that. But it's like, if we have no hope, we're so quick to give up or we're so quick to give up. But the thing is like, with Jesus, it's a guaranteed hope for success and hope for glory because we're trusting in him and we're believing in him and we know that he is going to provide because he's a provider but the thing is if we forget if we take our eyes off of that yeah. then we lose that hope we lose that endurance we lose that that fuel to the flame and i think what continues to keep us in the place of that hopefulness in the place of reliance and trusting in god is partially or a huge part gratitude and I think that connects, that can connect to humility, that can connect to sacrifice, that can connect to all those things. And I think it's hard to take one by its, or it's hard to separate one from all the other ones. Because if you have humility, you have gratitude for the things that are greater than you. If you have like the sacrifice, you're able to work out your faith in your thankfulness. And I think it all stems from the love of God. But the thing is, if you don't understand, if you don't hold on to that, if you don't remember it, if you don't have reverence, if you don't understand how fear, if you don't understand the fear of the Lord in that way, come on, then you're bound to drown. Bound to drown. Bound to drown. Slogan right there. <laughs> Bookmark that. Trademark it. <laughs> I think, and with um, thankfulness, that when you give thanks, when you're genuinely and truly thankful for God, even through the good times and the bad times, the highs and the lows, it helps you get through the rest. Because if you're truly thankful for it and you truly believe in it and in God's provision and who he is, then the next time you go through that, it's easier. It's like nothing. And you become less detached from yourself. Like, God, I'm so thankful for the food that I have. I, I just keep on going back to food. That's okay. Who, but, who doesn't love food? But even through the next time, like, oh, maybe I don't have the buffet or the Ruby Tuesdays or the good, the good steak. But, God, I'm thankful that you keep on getting me through it. I'm thankful mm -hmm. for the times that I don't have it, and I'm especially thankful for the times that you exceed my expectations and allow me to... Mm. Um, rejoice in having good and great food that mm. tastes really good. But either way, I'm still thankful and I'm still giving you praise, God. Mm.
Cause let me th- let me let me hop on that food train for a second. This reminds me of a story about the Israelites. <laughs> Actually, quite a couple, quite a couple stories of the Israelites. They're always complaining, and a lot of times it was about food. Mm. But even, I mean, if you think about it, it's got to be an exodus somewhere. Literally, right as soon as they get out of of, of Egypt and stuff. And this is the dangers of comparison. Ooh, comparison really is such a nasty thing. The dangers of comparison is the Israelites, they get freed from being slaves in Egypt to where they weren't treated well. Mm. And they go into the desert and they get hungry. And they're like, man, we shouldn't have been free. Like, bro, are you guys dumb? Make us slaves again. They're like, make us slaves again so that we can have some food. And it's like, do not remember how awful your life was. How awful your life was yeah. in slavery. But now because you're hungry, you want to go back to being slavery when literally Jacob and Esau, but Israel, your birthright has now been God's going to deliver you to this promised land. Like being an Israelite, God wants to take you out of, of, of Egypt and slavery and deliver you to a land flowing with milk and honey, food, but you don't want to take the journey to get there. You don't have the endurance to get there because you don't have the thankfulness to see that God has gotten yes. you out of one place and wants to take you to such a better place. But the journey in between has got you so comparison and and upset and hungry and um, all this stuff that you forget and you lose track and you lose sight. All why? Because they didn't even, they weren't aware of what God was doing for their life. And I feel like so easily that is us where we're just yeah. like, oh man, God, like, wow, come on. Give me a better job. Give me a better job. This place I'm at sucks. Or it's like, God, why do you call me to do this? And it's like, dude, you don't know where God's taking you, but he's going to take you. If he's promised you that amazing thing, then stick to yeah. it. But whatever it is, anybody, anybody who's a Christian, we have this promise of the glory of God in the future. Like, no matter what, that's the end game. No matter if your life sucks and you get murdered at the end of it, I mean, who am I to talk nonchalantly about it like that? But seriously, if your life is awful, and whether it's sickness or all these things that take you down, like you still at the end of the day have this glory of God. So how can we be so selfish to compare and to mm. complain about the struggles? And that's the Romans 8 verses. Romans 8. Oh, come on. Romans. Oh. Let me find it. Give me a give me a Romans second. eight twenty eight. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. That that one? Yes, that. And this right here, eighteen. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are nothing worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Because regardless of however much trash we go through in our life or the great things that we get in our life, none of that is gonna compare. To what God has. Because mm-hmm. God's got no mind can imagine or fathom or comprehend the glory of God. Like, dude, oh, come on. How can you not be thankful for that? And the thing is, I get so ungrateful. And so there's so many moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, God, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you do that? Like, oh, why can't you make life good? Because, I mean, maybe I forget to be thankful. Maybe I forget to. Let me hop on that. Hop on that. I'm on this horse, man. So the Israelites, it's crazy when you think about it because Israelites were captives in Egypt. And 
God sets like seven plagues, seven, ten, seven plagues on Egypt to set them free from like from the sky. Like Moses killing God through Moses killing off the Egyptian gods brings them out of Egypt, brings them to the Reed Sea, and parts the water, <laughs> and they walk through the sea, and they get to the other side, and 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 now they're. They're running for their life. And now they're hungry. And even through that, God provides bread falling out of the sky. Mm. From the sky, Isaac. <laughs> and then he cracks a rock open full of water. And God provides them water. And through all of that, they're even led through this desert with a fire, right? Yeah, a pillar of fire leading A them. pillar of fire. And still, they say, we want to go back to Egypt. Even they treated us better. It's better to be slaves in Egypt than Idiot. to be here in the desert. And that's kind of where I want to go go right now. I'm going crazy. <laughs> but it's kind of like that verse that we're talking about where you're either, you're either a slave to sin or you're a slave to righteousness. Mm. And the Israelites mm. in the desert, they, they're like on that path to be like a slave to righteousness, a servant of righteousness and following God. And they came to, they soon figured out the hard truth that it's not always easy and it's not always um, fun to follow God and to be a servant of God. I mean, it's good, but it's not doesn't always feel good. And sometimes when the road gets really rough, sometimes you say, "Oh God, this is too hard. I want to go back to the way things used to be. I want to go back to the world. I want to be a slave." To sin, I want to be a slave to the world because at least that felt better. Like, even though I was under the control of the enemy, like the Pharaoh, or maybe I'm under control of Satan and like what he wants, at least that felt good. At least I had money back then. At least I had mm. all these people that uh, loved me, quotation marks. Like, at least I wasn't suffering in the terms of the world. And like, that brings you back to that choice, that question of, oh, do I want what God wants, even though it might not be what my flesh wants, or am I going to be a slave to sin and a slave to the world? Hmm. And you just got to be thankful, because hmm. that, that's the line is thankfulness. If you are thankful for everything that God gives you and what he allows you to have, then you're going to walk in the path of righteousness, because it, it, thankfulness points back to God. Like, oh, even through the suffering, even through, um, like, captivity and the hunger sometimes, like, God still provides. And, like, I'm thankful even beyond my own suffering that, God, you're still good because you keep on providing. Mm -hmm. Even when the world just, you know, it keeps, on, it keeps on coming, God keeps on giving and keeps on providing. And that leads into, like, prayer and fasting. Yeah. It's not only with lack of food it's when you have the food and then you like you put a portion of like you go on a diet and you don't eat meat and stuff or maybe it's a soul fast where you fast social media you're giving something that you like that your flesh wants in order to have more of god mm. because when you're in those moments of like pain or suffering or of scarcity that's when like your, your your spirit brain kicks in. Like, that's when you start to rely on God more and you start to pray more. That's the point of 
prayer and fasting is that when you're hungry, instead of thinking about how much you want food, you think about how much you want God instead, mm. how God can fill you. And you start to pray for other people and that you know, it brings you closer to God. All right, and, go. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. It's fire in it. And like about that too is just, and I think a lot of people might think differently depending on where their walk with God is, but it is totally, I feel like I got to say that it is totally possible to love others even if others don't love you back. Or it's still possible to be mm -hmm. thankful when you don't get everything you want. Mm -hmm. Like I remember being a little kid and like my idea and concept of prayer, especially around Christmas time was just pray for everything that I want and I will, and I should get it because why not? Like God is good. He can do that. Why not God? Why not? The thing is I was just praying for toys. It wasn't going to change my life. It wasn't going to bless other people. It wasn't going to do anything different. And who knows what God can use because God can use anything to show his glory, work his glory out. But the thing is like, it's more than, it is more than possible to be thankful in those tough situations when you know who God really is and what God really has for you. And that's the thing, like with the Israelites and everything, when they're suffering and going through all that stuff, any normal person who doesn't really understand God would be like, oh yeah, you are in the desert. You should be complaining and you should be longing for food again. Like, oh, you are thirsty. Oh, you are going through a hard time. You have every right to be upset and angry. Well, the thing is like, if you know God and you know that it's, that you know, like what the heck the gospel is all about and that, I mean, as simply put in, uh, I don't know where, I don't know what, I don't know where I was reading this earlier. What's the gist of it? The verse? Hmm. It was like, oh, I swear I had it. <clears throat> Anyways, whatever, I'll find it later. But it was, it was, oh, I'm, I am going to find it after this. But it was basically saying the basic gospel is that Jesus Christ came and gave us eternal life. <laughs> and we can trust and believe in that. And when we believe in him, that's what we get. And that's awesome. And I'm totally paraphrasing it. But, man, now I'm lost in the sauce. But the thing is, when you trust that and you know that, I don't know, you can, you can still be thankful in the hard situations. Like, it's more than possible. And even if you have, and this is the crazy thing about God, is even if you have every right to be upset and angry and you're like, but I am in the desert and I am having a hard time. I don't have that much food or I don't have that much money. There's still this idea that God is so much greater than all these things. And yet he still loves you. He still cares about you. He's still going to provide for you and take care of you. And that makes it, I don't know, worth his praise. I'm going to look for this verse, but if you wanted to say anything off of that. I have a rhetorical question. Ooh, ask away. Do you think 
that Je- do you think that Jesus regretted his suffering? Mm. On the cross? Yeah, on the cross. When he saw when he went back I guess up it's to not heaven, that rhetorical. And everyone's all like everyone's all back to sin and still and he's like, What the heck? You think he's like, I wish I didn't die for these guys kind of thing? Yeah. That's an interesting one. And I would say because of I would say because of Second Peter, where it says, "But do not overlook this one fact: that the that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as to count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance." And when I think about this verse, which is Second Peter three verse nine. I see it as like Jesus died for us because he loved us and he knew we were going to mess up and he knew we were frustrated. And you see him getting frustrated righteously at Mm -hmm. people when he was walking the earth. Like even when the apostles were being dumb and stuff Mm -hmm. and he's like, oh my gosh, you have so little faith. Like even stuff like that, you see it, he gets upset. But I think he is still so patient towards us and you see that the underlining is thing is that he's not wishing that anyone should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Yes. And so I think he's like, you know, it sounds counterintuitive, but you're like, oh, you, you just saw a sin? He's like, oh boy, another thing for them to repent for, <laughs> or, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because it's like, sometimes the gravity of your sin, not saying to sin hard, but sometimes the gravity of your sin makes the weight of your repentance and your salvation so much more valuable to you. Mm-hmm. And it's like you hear the testimonies of the people, like one of our friends, I don't know how to say who it is without saying it, but yeah. one of our friends who went to jail and stuff, anyways, oh. it doesn't matter, but he's such a strong, like, mm-hmm. like obsesses over the Lord. And when you ask why, and when you ask why, and like, oh my gosh, like, how come you're like this? He talks about his past and how much he was Mm -hmm. lost in it and how like, how much he was so like stuck in these ways and these things and addictions and problems and, and personal like angers and issues and things like that. And like, it's funny when you say like, oh, why do you love God so much? He goes to talking about all these bad things. But it's because the bridge was, but God saved me from that. Like, because God, and that goes back to the thankfulness is like, but why do you love God so much? It's like, because look at what he brought me out of. Look at the Egypt that he took me out of. Like, look at the slavery. It's like, if you were to see an Israelite who was grateful, like, (laughs) he's like, look at the gravity of this thing. And for me, that's why I'm always always like, dang, sometimes I kind of wish I had a harder life. (laughs) So that I could really see the impact. But the thing is like, you know, we can still see God and love God. But it's just crazy because it's like, do I think God regrets making us? Eh, I think the flood cured that one. (laughs) But do I think he still is sad that he suffered for so many people who might not ever receive him? I think he's more, and this is the humility of Christ. I think he's more sad that that they don't get to have each other eternal life because they didn't choose it 
more than he is upset about him spending and wasting his time. Like, I don't think Jesus is like, shoot, I wasted my time on this person. They're going to hell. I think he's like, no, I wish they would have repented and believed in me so that they could be found righteous on the day of judgment. Like, I think he cares more about us wasting our time than he cares about himself wasting his time. Yeah. You know, that's just the humility and love of God that I think is so much like, like he cares more about you than he does his own self. And the evidence of that is that he let his only son die instead of us mm-hmm. die. And so. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> the reason why I bring up that question is because, well, or it doesn't seem like Jesus really regretted suffering on the cross. Like I'm sure he didn't like it and it didn't feel good. But even when uh, in the garden, he said it like, I could command 10,000 angels at my side, mm-hmm. like a, a massive amount of angels at his side. And I can end this right now. But I'm going to go through this suffering. I'm going to take up this cup. I'm going to take up my cross in order to make a way so that the Holy Spirit, like my spirit can dwell inside of you. And I, I don't think he regrets that. Like he knew what he was getting himself into. Like God already knew the plan. Like Jesus is regarded as the lamb slain at the foundations of the earth. So I don't, I don't see why Jesus would be regretting it or why he would regret what he did. And what I'm trying to get at is that if we can be thankful for Jesus's suffering on the cross then why can't we be thankful for our suffering in our own lives? And we, like, if God's, if Jesus' suffering brings us to have glory and appreciation of God, why can't our suffering, like our story crafted by God, why can't that be a testament to how great God is? And why can't we just see it like that and be thankful for it? Yeah. Like, I understand you know, it's easier said than done. Oh, yeah, because big time, for sure. I hate suffering. I hate when, you know, your car is broken down on the side of the road. I hate being hungry. I hate when people don't invite you to parties. I hate, <laughs> you know, th- those are all, like, first world problems, too. Yeah. That's not even the big stuff. But even through that, we can have appreciation through the suffering. And that, you know, because we're thankful that Jesus died. For us like it's so sad to say that oh i'm glad that jesus died but if jesus didn't we wouldn't be where we at where we are at today we wouldn't have the forgiveness so jesus's death is a good thing because he you know he rose from the grave and gave us an opportunity to accept him mm. and i'm so thankful for that yes and that dude that was a beautiful segue because while you were saying that, I found the verse I was yes. talking about. <laughs> yes. Okay, earlier, I forget what I said already, but I said something about like, what is the basis? What is the just flat laid out, flat laid out testimony of Christ? And you're talking about it so easily. And the thing is, it's because it's in here. It's it's first, it's first John 5. And the title of this thing in my ESV Bible is Overcoming the World. But it says the testimony concerning the Son of God. And this is what I this is what I was thinking about as 
we were like kind of talking about that earlier, especially with the world, because we get the thing is we get so concerned with the ways of this world. And that's the thing is we just get we get wrapped up in what is right in front of us and what we see and is all around us. But the thing about God is he's invisible. <laughs> like outside of reading mm-hmm. the Bible, what do we have to see of Jesus other than those little silly paintings that we see around Christmas mm-hmm. time? And those the chosen. little hallmark stuff, chosen, fun stuff, passion of the Christ. Like that's all cool. But is that really like God, God, God? No, we, like we have, we, we have an invisible God. It's safe mm-hmm. to say. And the thing is like, well, what do we have? What do we have? Well, there's a spirit. And there's all this stuff. And all that to say is we get so wrapped up in the world because we get so fixated on what we can see. And that's the thing is it's, it's hard to be thankful for something that we don't see all the time. Mm. And, I mean, yeah. I guess leaning into the spirit, leaning into prayer, and, man, it would be so cool to talk about prayer, but prayer too. And I think it kind of gets into this, but I just want to read First John 5, 6. All the way through 13. <laughs> and it says, this is, this, is who, this is he who came by the water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify. Trinity, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has born. He has born concerning his son. Whoever believes in the son of God has the testimony in himself. We have the testimony in ourselves. Whoever does not believe God has made, has made him a liar. Because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his son. And I, okay, I didn't even get to the, the highlighted verse that I had, but it's crazy because it's like, in today's day and age, if someone's like, no, I don't want to believe in Jesus, we're kind of like, oh, okay, like we don't want to force our religion down your throat or whatever. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I see people like that, they're like, I want to talk about Jesus, but I don't want to force him down your throat. It's like, okay, true. But also, if we believe in Jesus, we say whoever, and we agree with the Bible, the word says anybody who doesn't believe in Jesus has made themselves a liar mm. because Jesus is real. So if you don't believe in Jesus, you're a liar. Ah, I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. But that's because right here it says, and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. <laughs> and so it's like, like that's just the simple i mean i would say that that's just the simple gospel life christ no christ no life yeah Yeah. and then it it goes into this and i and i want to talk about prayer and how it gets into thankfulness and how it gets into living in the spirit and living as a christian kind of like that question we were sort of answering in the beginning next week (laughs) but (laughs) but it says i write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. It's a guarantee so that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have towards Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we, know that we have the request that we have asked of Him. And it's crazy because... 
Now, I'm going to look for Philippians, but I have no idea where it is in this thing, in my Bible. Philippians 2, 13. Oh, no, not 13. Sorry. Shoot. <coughs> I don't know where it is, but you know what verse I'm talking about? It says it says something about when we pray to ask and pray say thanks. Yeah, in, in thanks in thanksgiving. Ah. You know what I'm kinda of talking about? Uh, but it's this um well in first Timothy two one it says I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Uh, um, maybe that's not the right one. That's fire, though. Still fire. Uh, do not worry about anything. Oh, do, Philippians 4, <laughs> 6 through 15. Do not worry about anything, but pray and ask for everything yes. you need. And when you pray, always give thanks. And God's peace will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace that God gives is so great that we cannot understand it. Brothers, continue to think about the things that are good and worthy of praise. Think about things that are true and honorable yes. and right and pure and beautiful and respected. And do not and do what you learn and receive from me. Do what I told you and what you saw me do, and the God who gives peace will be with you. I am very happy in the Lord that you have shown your care for me again. Um I'll keep on going. You continue to care about well. me, but there was no way for you to show it. I'm telling you this, but it is not because I need anything. I have learned to be satisfied with the things I have and with everything that happens. I know how to live when, <laughs> when I am poor. <coughs> Sorry. And I, <laughs> you're going to have to finish it. <laughs> I know how to live when I am poor. And I know how to live when I have plenty. I have learned the secret of being happy at any time. Oh my gosh. Okay, you got to hear this. At any time in everything that happens, I have learned I have learned to be happy when I have enough to eat. Oh, come on, food. And when I do not have enough to eat, I have learned to be happy when I have all that I need and when I do not have the things that I need. I can do all things through Christ because he gives me strength. But it was good that you helped me when I needed help you people of Philippi. Remember when I first preached the good news there. When I left Macedonia, you were the only church that gave me help. Okay. And that's why, oh my Sorry. gosh. No, that's just such, it's just such a banger of a verse because like we go into the, we we talked about all this stuff about thankfulness and, and thanksgiving and suffering and you should have read like, that first. Comparison. Yeah, that's where we were starting off, but the thing is, like, dude, with God, like, he listens to us. He hears us when we're aligned with him. He knows the things and all this. He knows better than us. And yet, what, like, what he's talking about is, what the author of Philippians is talking about is, like, his secret to having enough when he doesn't have enough. His secret to, to being happy when he's poor but also being happy when he has a lot. His secret to like being satisfied when he doesn't have enough to eat versus even when he has enough to eat 
it all comes from the same thing. And it's that he, when he's praying to God, he believes in God and he's, he's coming to him with thanksgiving. Mm. And, and what happens when that happens, when he does that, is peace beyond understanding. Yes. Like peace that you cannot understand. And that's why it's so important is because, like, I mean, I guess this happens a lot for me especially. Like when people say, oh, man, I'm having such a hard time and I'm so angry, it's understandable. It's like your anger is understandable. Mm-hmm. Your dissatisfaction is understandable. Your hunger and your, your hangry, it's mm-hmm. understandable because you don't have the food. You don't have the things that you need. You don't have the things that you want. So it's understandable why you're so angry. And yet here, this dude, did Paul write Philippians? I think so. Paul is like, bro, it doesn't matter whether I have a lot or I have a little. I'm still happy. Yeah. You're like, why? Because I'm thankful to God who is above everything else. And I don't know what time we're at, but I feel like, this is a good place to sort of wrap, start to wrap things up. Is that like, what is the secret to your joy? The strength. What is, oh, what is that verse to? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Yes. It's like, no, I didn't do the push-ups to get this strong. I didn't do, I didn't eat all the food to get this happy. I didn't get all the money to be this happy. It's trusting and loving and being thankful mm. to the Lord. And when you pray and when you ask, he hears you. That doesn't always mean that you have it. Every, that doesn't mean he's just going to throw a million dollars at you. That could destroy your soul. Mm. But what he gives you is peace, surpassing all understanding. And where does it come from? It's come from this heart of thankfulness. Yeah. Because you believe and you have the confidence in who the Lord is. Oh, my gosh. So I think as we wrap it up, for our, our listener, our advice for you today is to give thanks to God in everything, the highs and lows, the plentiful and the, and the lack therefore of to give thanks to God, to praise him, to worship him. Because when you give thanks to God, he, he will give you the peace that surpasses understanding. He'll give you that peace. And when you have peace, you'll have joy. And when you have joy, you have the strength of the Lord, mm-hmm. which carries you through life, which carries you through the heartache and the suffering, just like Paul, just like all the other apostles that went out had no food, no money, uh, got arrested, got you know, hung upside down on a got cross, got shipwrecked, went through the worst of worst, but they were thankful to God. And, you know, that's not us just saying, oh, you guys need to be thankful because you're such bad people. No, this is for us as well. Yes, too. it is. No, I'm just joking. We all need to show gratitude. Because when we have, when we give gratitude to God, He gives us great things. Even greater than we know. Mm. That's fire. That's, that's a word. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I, I think that's a good place to call it because, yeah, he gives us great things. And sometimes we're like, oh, a great thing to us is a brand new spanking car. That would be awesome. Mm. But maybe he just gives you more of his more of showing how much he can provide in the littlest way yeah. possible. I don't know. All I know is God is good. All I trust is God is good. I mean, we get a mansion in heaven, don't we? Come on. Got to be thankful for that. Dude, I'll just be happy. I'd be happy to be a poor person in heaven Mm. than a rich man in hell. Anyways. (laughs) A really nice bungalow. All right. I'll pray us out then. Oh, yes. Dear God, thank you for today. 
Thank you for the listener. Thankful, thank you for Thanksgiving and for this holiday that center our minds, our hearts, our spirits around how good you are. Not everything that we do, but everything that you do. That we are thankful for the life you have given us and the calling you have on our life. And the people in our lives that we can share the gospel with. People in our lives that we can love on. Even, even the hard people that don't make us feel good, that reject us. Thank you for the people that push us, the people that irritate us, the people that make it hard to be a Christian sometimes, that puts the challenge, Lord God, in our lives. And thank you for the perseverance that you've given us and the strength and the joy and the peace and everything that doesn't make sense. We thank you for it all. And we thank you for the toothbrushes and the tongue scrapers. Amen. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. On the Why God Podcast.